0: Alright, so we are in week, this is now week three of peace. Um, We talked about what peace is, just kind of talked about the different categories of peace in scripture, uh, from peace um, with God, which is our greatest need, uh, to then peace, experiencing the peace of God in our own hearts and in our own consciences, Um, and then we also talked about peace with others, and um, the Lord is very clear that we should be pursuing peace so we have talked about all those things last week we started to talk about scenarios and different ways where where do people struggle to maintain peace um, and we talked about a lot of those today i thought th- this could go a lot of different ways so i did this a little bit differently so when we talk about injustice um, it is very hard very difficult to maintain a, a sense of peace the calmness when things are not done right, when, whether that is, I mean, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you for some examples, but when there is injustice or perceived injustice, how do you maintain a peaceful heart? So when we look at that add-on, that one-page add-on that we have, peace and injustice, there's much conversation surrounded, surrounding injustice in our culture today. So let's list some of the topics or circumstances that people say are an unjust. Oh, we live in a really just society. Right? <laughs>
1: There's
0: justice everywhere we look, all right.
1: This is, maybe
0: <laughs> we didn't need
2: to do this one.
1: Gender injustice, work injustice, injustice, all of the above. Yeah, think
0: about all of, all of the the words that people say. We need to fight for blank justice. So we have racial justice, social justice. justice. Um, there's the environmental justice I heard recently in the news. All kinds of justice that they're saying. Well, the common or the the current state right now is a state of injustice for this group, or the earth in the sense of environmental justice, um, which is interesting. But, so we, we continue, and, and, and then if you think in, in the sense of, well, that's racism, or that's sexism, okay? That's remember, ageism, right? So there's this injustice towards those who are elderly, or injustice towards a specific race. So there, we can go on and on about those examples. And those are big ones. Like, those are the big hot topics of our culture right now. But if I, if I ask you to think through, like, for you, what are some injustices or perceived injustices that you see right here in Emporia, Kansas? we're quiet
2: today. guess <laughs> <laughs> people were talking a lot about all the dogs that are strays right now. They were like, those poor dogs with bad owners. It's not just, I guess, is the mm-hmm. point. Okay. But I also saw something about um, they didn't want to build mini-homes off of the highway for homeless people because they thought that it was going to make the city appear more... Decrepit or something, and but then there's also people on the other side who are arguing that the homeless people aren't helped enough, you know. So mm. there was kind of a yeah issue there.
0: So injustice yeah. in regards to wealth. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's both a national thing right now. It's very big. The elites have this and that and the other thing, and they control. And then even here, re- uh, Recently, there's been some issues. That's been brought up. Good point. What are the things that you might say? That's not fair. Maybe injustice. seems like it's such a big word. What are things that you that you think that's not fair? Somebody should do something about that. Yeah. So that was. Mm. Mm-hmm. They were headed that way. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unjust. Other other areas. I'll, I'll give you one for me. I think, there there are things, and my my children are not in this situation. We can just talk about children. Where where are those things? But, when I think about, um, where I work. And the, the the complaints that I get or that I hear, um, some legitimate, some not legitimate, about you know my child is not being treated fairly. My child is that's not just, it's not fair. Issues of bullying, being excluded, those kinds of things. That is an injustice, right? And then there, all the way down to so that's a that's a big one that I've been thinking about and and down to smaller more insignificant things. When you think about yesterday, it was college football. A lot of football mm-hmm. going on. Your hobbies. A lot of times our hobbies, you know, they're around competitions. And then there are bad calls. There are there are cheaters. There are. Dirty plays and things like that, and that in a sense is Unjust Right? When that happens It's wrong
2: I just thought of one common day one in marriage um, Some people might think that gender roles might be unjust mm-hmm. or that I feel like I do all the work you know um, um I feel that lately because he's been building a fence (laughs) and so I've been feeling bad (laughs) for not helping as much as I wanted to Um, but like he he could have been like oh how dare you you know be inside the nice cool house all day even if I was trying my best to like cook and clean and do stuff inside um, he was outside working hard and um, getting tired, and so you could have a lot of injustice in the marriage as well if you perceive it the wrong way.
0: Perceived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perceive, yeah that's, it's really important. Some of these are injustices and some of them are, are perceived injustices because of where... We'll, I'll, we'll get there in a second. Um, <laughs> what? Any other examples? So we've got things about marriage. Um, both between in a married couple, if there's feelings of injustice or feelings of that's not fair, you are not doing, or you are doing, and I have to, blah, blah, blah. so we fill in the blanks. Um, with children, my child is not getting some opportunity. My child is being mistreated. My child is, those kinds of things. Um, and then we got the, we talked about, also about the big national issues that seem to be, uh, plaguing the news every time we turn it on about things in the government not being right and just. Corruption. All, the, all of those things. So, what do our cries for justice reveal about us? Or, and and here's, here's where I want you kind of thinking that way. Yeah. The things that make me most angry about Those things, what does that reveal about our culture? You can talk about, let's let's talk about culture first. The things that our culture is really angry about. That's unjust. That's not right. We have to act. What do those things reveal about our culture, first of all? The law is written on their heart, right and wrong, even though they don't recognize the law givers. Mm -hmm. That that sense of justice itself is is an indication that, that God made us.
1: It kind of reveals where our hearts are mm-hmm.
0: and what we value. Yeah, so, I mean, to I mean, give you a softball, what is it when we have people who are environmental justice, what does that reveal about a culture that is fired up about environmental justice?
2: recognizing the creator yeah
0: yeah so there's a neglect of thinking about the creator who made the stuff will
1: it was creation worship
0: rather than worshiping
1: Mm -hmm. the creator it can very
0: easily go to like there's a there's such a value of the earth itself of animals and plants Mm -hmm. and things and first and now, we, we kind of, don't want to go too far in the way and just say, hey, just dump your oil out. No, we're not, we're not saying that. <laughs> but there, there can be this, this worship almost of, of the earth and of the environment. And all those, these people, we're what's wrong with the world. If these people weren't here, then stuff would be better. You know? And that's, that reveals something about their hearts, the heart of a culture who is doing things that will quote, benefit the planet at the expense of people, when the solutions harm people, we've got it turned upside down. So what about us? So, so the things, and you don't have to answer out loud, but I want you to be thinking about, what are the things that make me angry? When I see something and I say, that's not fair, What does that reveal about us? And it can be a good thing. It can be a good and right thing, and it can also be a wrong thing. So, let's take one of these issues. Let's take. Let's talk about marriage. Um, Brooke brought up marriage. When, if we think about injustice in marriage, who was the one committing the injustice? We're all sinners, so yeah, also. right. So in in them in the moment, my spouse is committing an injustice against me, right? So when I'm crying out for it, for justice, that's revealing something about my heart, and we've kind of we've kind of talked about this, and I want to kind of go through for and hit on something for everybody. My heart, I have a desire for certain set of circumstances or a certain result, and when that is threatened by my spouse, I am angry. What about our children? So let's say that my child comes to me and says, so-and-so is picking on me. What should my response be? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Dead dying or bleeding. are you bleeding yeah yeah <laughs> oh my dad, ask for details. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
0: what sometimes if and I I can, I can say this because my, my children aren't in public school right now but when I'm dealing with kids and there's things like this brought up and I see the response of the parents we're very angry why are they angry? Is it because of I think. I think. Oftentimes, it is. Do they have a right to be angry? Maybe. Maybe. Right. So there, there is, and this is why these are some of these. They're so touchy and they're <laughs> so difficult to walk through. Um, but I do want to kind of push on them a little bit. So, in the, the think of the last time that you got angry, and probably sinfully angry, right? Whatever that was. It was a good chance that it was about some sort of injustice that was done. And I want to kind of walk through and have us think through what did I do that was wrong and what should I do as a believer in Christ? So whatever that topic is, for, so if we're talking about children, and I know not everybody has children, but you, you, have, you see this child that tells you I'm, I'm being picked on so and so's, you know, pushed me. and took my stuff. And did you know, fill in the blank. Um, and our response is, nobody does that to my child. And I and you and we walk in there and we start, you know, yelling and saying, "You better fix this." And if you don't, then on and on, on. The what I'm hoping to to think about is there might there may be a reason for us to be angry, righteously angry. Because God loves children. Okay? God is a God of justice and righteousness. He cares for the vulnerable. Right? That's biblical, right? But what I what I want us to think about and consider is: in my you know, fighting for the vulnerable, am I doing it in a way that is Christ-like? Am I doing it in a way that is righteous? So Am I experiencing peace as I fight for whatever justice needs to be done? So and and the reason that this that children for me is very difficult because I think about my my four little girls and they're vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right? If somebody does something to my little girls, I'm gonna be angry, (laughs) right? I'm going to, it's, that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous ground for me as a Christian, right? Because I'm going to want to respond how everybody responds when your child's picked on or when your child doesn't. But how do we walk through with our children? And I think the reason why this is kind of hard for me is, is because I'm thinking, it's, it's easy for me to consider, if somebody does something wrong to me, can I maintain my peace? my Christian witness, can I be Christ-like in the midst of that? And I say, yeah, probably, <laughs> right? I think so. Like, I, I've, I've done, you know, I think about past trials that I've walked through and, and things that are said about me and not always perfect and sometimes really badly. But, but overall, I know that in my heart, as a believer in Christ, the standard that God tells me to live by. But when I start saying that, okay, my little girl, turn the other cheek. You know, trust the Lord. Be gentle. Don't return evil for evil. Those things that gets that gets a little hard for me to, to do. Why?
2: You're the role of protector, and you want to protect.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's part of my job to be protect to, to kind of make sure that I'm standing up for my, my little girl. I think the other part is like well my, my girl's not sure that they're believers. so I don't they, I can walk by the spirit. Right? I've, I've got the promise of the Holy Spirit to help me in times of need when it's really difficult to not respond and return evil for evil. I have the spirit to help me. My child may not. So that's what, that it kind of gets me a little bit, you know, a little bit angry, a little bit, I gotta figure out how do I do that? And so when your child, parents, when your child is experiencing that, and let's say, let's grant, it's, an, it's unjust. Something bad is happening to your child. What do we do then? If you look there at, so what do you do about it? We have to be careful of looking and, and feeling, responding like the world. Are my passions, desires, and motives the same as God's? Or are they the same as our unbelieving neighbors?
1: I think you have to think about are we having a good theology of suffering? Mm-hmm. Like, are we going into this thinking, I have to fix it because my child can't have trials? Um, or are we going into it thinking, like, my child needs to be safe. What do I need to do? You know, like, yes, are, we want our children to be safe, but mm-hmm. we don't. We can't fix every problem in our
0: there there is if you heard the term snow plow parenting i've heard that a little bit recently it's where, where these some of these parents are removing every obstacle so that their child has no you know obstacles to overcome right there's no adversity there's not any pain or or trial or those kinds of things so that and that's kind of a it's an easy thing to say you hear that say oh i know a parent like that Oh, that's so-and-so. I, I've run into several parents. But think about it in with your child. Has your child been wronged, and what did you do about it? I will be honest with you. I have been tempted to be a snowplow parent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go remove those obstacles to my little girl's happiness. You know, mm-hmm. There are all kinds of problems with that right? (laughs) Number one, like Bridget just said, that's a problem with my theology of suffering. Okay? Um,
1: And, like you said, you don't know if if your girls are believers yet, right? Mm -hmm. Like, those very trials are what the Lord Mm -hmm. often uses to bring Mm us to him, so.
0: So the question becomes, can I, assuming that I am trusting in the Lord and I I am able to maintain peace, in the midst of trials, do I, do I trust him enough that he will do that for my child? It's a hard, it's a hard thing. Because if, if God promises to be my help and my refuge, like we'll read here in a little bit, my refuge and the strength, he will uphold me, he will help me, he will protect me, do I trust him to do that for me? And do I trust him to do that for fill-in-the-blank person? Because if the answer is yes, he will do it for me, I ought to be able to trust him to do it for someone else. Okay? The other thing is we have, uh, along the lines of the theology of suffering, we have what, who allows every person and circumstance and situation into your life and mine? God does. have to wrestle with that so if God allows person X into my life to be a thorn in my side right um, a the purpose of that is to make me like Christ but so does God allow everybody every person in my daughter's life who's in there yep now does that mean i sit my little girl down I say you know what sweetie just smile and take it. No. That's unjust to her. That's unjust to her. That's unjust to that's why God tells Israel over and over and over again, you take care of the widows and orphans. He doesn't say them, hey, take care of yourself, widows and orphans. No. To the strong, you take care of the widows and orphans. So that's not what we're saying. But how we do that matters. How I take care of my little girl when something legitimately wrong has been done to her matters. And that is a a massive test of do I trust God in that? So there are some some questions there. Um, So we need to beware of how the world influences us in our our response to these things. Okay? When... The ref misses the pass interference call. What does the world do? They lose it, right? This is, it is throwing stuff and cursing and shouting and, and fighting. I mean, there are legitimate fights that break out because. So, I'm watching the Chiefs, and then and the pass interference call is missed, and I throw the remote. That's a problem, right? (laughs) They may have missed the call. (laughs) Maybe, right? But my response to that injustice ought to be way different than the world. So those kinds of things are really important. So beware of looking and feeling like the world. They are driven by their passions and desires. And when something gets in the way of that,
2: I got cut off
0: in traffic. This person's going so don't they know I'm in a hurry? Right? How dare you just pull in front? You didn't even use your blinker, right? Injustice,
2: right? That,
0: that, that was a rolling stop. You didn't even stop at that four-way stop. I should have gone. There's, there's all kinds of things, right? And those are, in the grand scheme of things, very silly. but those sometimes are the things that make us the most angry. How do you maintain peace when you've been cut off in traffic? I don't know.
1: Jason? As someone who drives thousands of miles (laughs) a day, it's almost the more it happens, the less you think about each individual. When you when you realize it's just going to happen, and there's you getting angry, you making you know you making up some sort of scene in, in your mind where a highway patrolman sweeps out of nowhere and <laughs> gives <them a laughs> you get to point and laugh. It doesn't it doesn't change anything. It's just mm-hmm. there's only one driver on the road that you have control over, and there's just one heart that you mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. to work on, and it's yours. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it's just you gotta. You got to let it go not for them but for Mm -hmm. you yeah it's not good to hold that in your heart
0: yeah so yeah in that moment in every moment we we should go to prayer right that's Mm -hmm. um but i think it's also important for us to start thinking about it now like you you've got to start thinking about it Mm -hmm. um beforehand in the moment if you've never thought about it you're probably not going to respond respond the right way so the next time somebody cuts me off what am i to think about sovereignty of god the goodness of God, the power of God. What he's doing in all the trials I face. Right.
2: Something else too. I found that when you do it in every little moment, then when the big mm-hmm. moments come, you have that help mm-hmm. that habit developed. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to combine habit and develop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have that habit developed so that whenever the big moment comes we'll actually remember mm-hmm. it. Because anyone who knows much about the brain knows that you're, you're s- When a big moment happens, you're way back in like the fight or flight mode, and it can be really hard to pull yourself into rational thought um, <coughs> unless you have developed that habit <coughs> ahead of time to make it a mm-hmm. automatic reaction.
0: If you've trained yourself to view life, all of life, even driving, through mm-hmm. a lens of scripture. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, there's a proverb, and I should have wrote it down. It's uh, the fool. Sees evil and just keeps going. The wise man sees the evil and makes a plan. Right. So there is a sense in which we're, right now we're we're all thinking about situations um, that we've experienced. Maybe recently. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe it's something we're nervous about, worried about happening in the future. How am I going to respond in a way that glorifies Jesus Christ when something the next unjust thing? Or to someone I love, or someone who I just know is vulnerable. The second point is, we we've got to be slow to anger, like God. We need to be like our Father, and He is slow to anger. He is patient with us. He's loving when we are unlovely. He initiates, right? He initiates reconciliation with grace and mercy. So are we going to do the same? So we act with grace and we trust in the Lord. As we do, we want to consider these following questions. I think these are just good things to think about. What do I want to happen here? Something bad happens, something I, I perceive to be unjust. What do I want to happen? There could be a lot of different answers there. Wanting justice. Mm-hmm. Want Sometimes if we're honest think oh, I always want this to be easier for me mm-hmm. the driver to get out of the way so I can get to where I'm going I want my child to be happy so that I you know it's more peaceful and quiet in my house and all, all of those things if, we're, if we, have to, we have to be honest and really consider what do I want to happen as a result of, of whatever I do next B. what are the risks I can tell you that there's a lot of times when people are really fired up about something and the chances of, like the, the risks of that thing are like almost zero. Like, my child should not have to blank. I should never have blank happen. Well, okay, let's, let's evaluate. So in the, in the sense of my, my child's being picked on. That could be really bad or it could be just something. somebody's calling my, my daughter uh, a silly name. So when I think about that, okay, well, what are the the risks here? What's going to happen? Is this a situation where I do need to just walk my daughter through how do you love people who don't love you? How do we forgive even when they're not saying sorry? And we point her through the gospel. You know what? There's lots of things you do to the Lord that you've never apologized for. You have wronged people. You have disobeyed. You have been your sister you have done all of x y and z and the lord offers forgiveness not because you make it up to him but because you plead for his mercy you repent and you trust in jesus sacrifice on the cross for your sins so there's there's that needs to be part of the situation whether it's really bad or relatively minor that needs to be the conversation but there are other things that if it's okay I'm gonna help my daughter Who's getting to the age where she can be able to mit- navigate these things? Okay, I might leave it there. Okay, if a kid comes up and slaps my daughter, that's a different story. I might have to go do some things about that. But all along, okay, how am I responding here? How am I going to talk to this person? There needs to be a difference between how I do that and how an unbeliever does that because I trust in a sovereign God who is going to make things right. How am I reacting? Am I responding and looking and sounding like everybody else in the world? That's a problem. What is my reaction teaching others? (coughs) If my child sees me, start yelling and hollering, and going, I'm going to go to that person and I'm going to chew them out. And what am I teaching my daughter to do? It's okay to not be like Jesus if somebody does something really mean. Right? That, that's... Ouch. Right? I need to be careful because my daughters are watching me when I get cut off in traffic. What am I teaching the people around me that a believer in Christ does when they are wrong? When somebody slanders me, that is unjust. I did not do what you said I did. I did not do it in the way you said I did it. And that was not the circumstance. All those kinds of things. Unjust. And That's right. I mean, in my mind, anyway. Right? That's, I'm just in my conversation. But... How did Jesus respond when those things were done to him? First Peter two. When he was reviled, he reviled them right back, didn't he? No, he did not revile in return. When he was wronged, he did not threaten. And he's the one I want to be like. So, how does that? What does that mean for me? midst of these injustices that I experience what avenues can I take to solve the problem right again this is not a well you just got to deal with it because sometimes you know we just want to love people we just want to be gentle that's true we want to love people we want to be gentle but that doesn't mean we just let all kinds of injustices go we are blessed to be in a country that has certain laws and protections for people so if we take advantage of those things and it gets fixed, praise the Lord. If we try to take advantage of those things and it doesn't get fixed, is a deeper injustice, now what? We still trust the Lord. We still know that he's the sovereign one who, is, who knows everything about the situation and is with us to help us. And the, the ultimate, I think, comfort and consolation is he is the judge. The people who are unjust, doing their their scheming. Proverbs talks a lot about those those men. My son, don't join with them when they say, let's lie in wait for them. We're going to take their stuff. It's going to be awesome. There's, There's that that goes on in our country. There's stuff like that that goes on. Who's the one who will hold them accountable? our sovereign God who sees all and knows all and is perfect in his judgment. He will make all things right. So sometimes we take the avenues we can and it still doesn't get fixed. There's still corruption. There's still wrong. There's still things being done. But we take comfort knowing that God sees it and it will be dealt with perfectly. There's nothing that can happen here on Earth, that would be more perfect than the way God will deal with it, and that ought to give us a great deal of peace. A couple of the questions that are there: What long-term effects will this have on me and on them? The child. Back to my 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 daughter calling her names. Okay, in in life. How often is this going to happen quite a bit probably right how often is this wrong going to be done how long how many times will she see this so I I give her the tools the theology and just the way to talk to people some tools and strategies to help her as she walks through that because it's gonna be a long time if I try and go move those things out of the way. I am not helping her. If I yell at everybody who does something looks at her wrong, I am not helping her. And then what should characterize my words and actions as I try to navigate this injustice? Humility I would get into some of these, some of these things and um, realize that the, the first story I heard was not the complete story. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. So I hear one person side, and there's even a proverb about that. A person seems right until they're cross-examined. Okay? Oh, that was an exaggeration or a lie. <laughs> and then I just exploded. So, what should characterize my words and actions? Humility, kindness, gentleness. When we talked about anger, we did our our study on anger uh, several months ago. We talked about in righteous anger, righteous anger is demonstrated in conjunction at the same time as all of the other attributes of God. All of the Christ-like attributes should be right there together with our righteous anger. So I am to be righteously angry and gentle, patient, selfless. All of the fruits of the Spirit that we're talking about that we're going to continue to go through, those should be with me at the time of my action in pursuing justice. again, this it, it, it gets really difficult when we're just thinking about on a human level what's going on. Because we get really fearful because people don't do what's right. And, and if I'm just trusting in the, the justice system of the United States, or worse, if I'm somewhere else in the world, what is a believer supposed to do in China? Like, in Iran. What, what are they supposed? I mean, we are, we have so much better than they do. Mm-hmm. But and, and, but if we just look at it on a human level, yeah, we're going to be a very fearful, anxious people. But our God is not the U.S. government, or the police, or the governor, or certain lawyers, the principal of the school. They don't have the power to do those things. God has the power. And if I trust and believe that God really is sovereign, He really is in control, He's really doing something good here, even if I don't really know what it is, I may not know before I die, I can trust Him. He is trustworthy. I can have peace in that. Look at these following, following verses here on page... Well, the next page. Back of your sheet there. Just some good some good verses. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. This is getting back to what Brooke just mentioned. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Now this is preceding a verse that we've talked about already. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Part of yeah, you know, we want to cast our anxieties on we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of, of God who arranges and ordains all things. He cares for you. <coughs> so he's powerful and he cares for you. That's that's a very peace affirming <coughs> reality. Okay. Humility is a proper response to God's sovereignty and God Cares for me. What will he allow? To do? What will he do? <coughs> Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Then five. The Lord is my cho- my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. <coughs> The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. By the way, in the midst of all of these psalms, I mean, take a pause here. Um, John MacArthur's short little book, Found God's Peace. Very good. He, in the last part of that book, he lists psalm after psalm after psalm after psalm. And you just hear the psalmist, usually David, what are the circumstances he's walking through? They're very painful. Tragic. Bad circumstances. And, and so what is he doing? We should do that. Right? Here, sometimes his life is being threatened. Right? He's got people who want him dead. And what is he doing? He's, he says, the Lord gives me counsel. The Lord is my refuge. we'll read uh, here in a little bit. Um, I've set the Lord always before me, even in the midst of this terrible thing. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to shield, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry to him reached his ears. Psalm 18 is a really good one for that. He, he describes the, the trouble. It describes what am I doing about it? What is the Lord doing about it? In fact, I'll go ahead and just read that second part there that I apparently forgot to paste in <laughs> So Psalm 18, 46. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. The Lord who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose up against me. You delivered me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you. O oh Lord among the nations, and sing your sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. So that whole Proverb, that whole psalm is of David talking about the trouble that surrounds him but he's trusting in the Lord Psalm 55 but I call to God and the Lord will save me evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaint and moan and he hears my voice he redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage for many are arrayed against me God will give ear to and humble them who he is who he who is enthroned from of old, Selah, because they do not change and do not fear God. And then 22, ahead. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So in all of those those times when it's very difficult, we have maybe time for one more scenario from last week. Um, we trust the Lord. We think about the Lord. And it's really important to do that ahead of time. Like right now, when things bad things happen, injustice is around me. Who is the one that I'm going to think about? Whose purposes? Whose kingdom? Whose desires? It ought to be the Lord's. If you want to experience peace, that's who we need to think about. That's who we need to pray to. we have. Back to last week's, we have a couple of, of scenarios here. Anyone have any <coughs> comments or questions or things that we not want to discuss before we move on?
2: There's a of also medical injustices. Some people feel like it's not fair that so-and-so got cancer. It's not fair that I'm having these health issues, etc. Instead of becoming angry at God, we should lean on him. Um, be another situation that someone finds themselves in especially when children get sick you know
0: you bring that up and now i've got, i've got a scenario for that right? <laughs> <laughs> look at that uh, jason do did you want to say something before i go on that
1: oh well, yeah just uh, i think for a lot of people survivor guilt mm-hmm. is a is another it's like why did this person die and i didn't mm-hmm. and i think that just goes to you know god has a design Providence, mm-hmm. and you don't know what his plan for you is.
0: Those were the days no to... he marked out for that person. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So peace and with health, Veronica. This is page four of your handout, by the way, from last week. If you still have it, I'll read it to you. We'll ask a few questions and we'll we'll close it out. She's very health conscious. She's very careful about her diet, workout regimen, sleep schedule, etc. She has strong opinions about everything from essential oils to preservatives, dyes, and processed foods. She has regular physical exams, plus extra visits to the doctor whenever she feels an unusual ache or sees a new spot or wrinkle that shouldn't be there. (laughs) Veronica's recent blood work and DNA testing revealed markers for several types of cancer. She has become overwhelmed with fear and is driving herself to exhaustion with her tireless Research and worrying. How do you counsel Veronica? Be anxious for a minute. What say? (laughs) Yeah. Stop being anxious. Stop it. Just stop it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus says you're not going to add a day to your life by worrying. Mm -hmm. So, eventually, in a gentle way. Mm -hmm. We gotta get there.
0: Yeah. So she is the Mm -hmm. the problem with her behaviors is one of the first questions. She's worrying, right? She's anxious about it. She's doing probably too many things uh, with the doctor visits and the and the the constant research and like there. What is that um, pointing to in her heart? She's not trusting the Lord. Mm -hmm. Trusting herself. Trusting herself. Mm -hmm. If I know the right things. I control what goes into my body. I control what I do with my behavior as far as sleep schedules and all those kinds of things. I, I, can, I can control that and then I'll be healthy and happy. So it reveals about her heart a desire for control and what is, what is the thing that she's really after? She's trying to control it to get it there, but what does she want? Long life to not die, yeah, right. to be, not just to live a long time, but to live a long time healthy. in optimal, healthy condition. Okay? That's idolatry. Mm-hmm. If it drives her to do all of the things and then drives her to worry. Okay? So, what does she need to hear?
2: You could be hit by car tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I know. <laughs> dying in your sleep. No, but for real. Like,
0: <laughs>
2: you can be the healthiest person in the world and still get struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: yeah. or get cancer. We go, we go to what does the Lord have us do with our bodies? Okay, we can walk her through those things. I think the other thing is, there's this um, it's kind of this pagan idea that the, all this stuff's random. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What do we know from Scripture?
2: God's
0: God is sovereign. And I keep saying that over and over and over again. God is sovereign. If I get cancer, who has allowed me to get cancer? Now, should I avoid certain habits and things that are unhealthy that might make cancer more likely on a human level? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I should be wise with my body. That goes back to, to Judy's point. I need to take care of the body that God has given me. It is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if I am sick, I have some kind of a disease where I can't walk or I can't speak or I can't do whatever the thing is We're walking here through those passages that both teach us that God is sovereign and he is good he cares for you, he, cares for you. he is working for you we said that that the verse in Corinthians he's working for you an eternal weight of glory through these trials through this disease or sickness, he is testing the genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, Peter tells us. So the presence of a sickness or a disease or pain does not mean that God is angry with you or that he does not care. Well, she they, needs to know that. Or that he's surprised. Or that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there gets to be a sense, too, that like God didn't even
2: realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I mean, God, I mean, yeah. did
0: you see this? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, he did. So he's omniscient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, no, I mean, that yeah. is what I, I
2: often say. To right. people, the only people who are surprised by this are us. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a really important point. Yeah. That God's not learning this with us. Right.
2: Right. He didn't pull
0: out the results and say, oh, <laughs> I didn't see that growing in there. That's not what he's doing.
2: A form of eternal life here on earth, and eternal life is only through Christ, mm-hmm. and that only comes through salvation. Yeah. So she's like, she's twisting. it. She's wanting this perfect help here on earth. She's a, not a correct view of sin mm-hmm. and the effects of that on our life, mm-hmm. and what she's pursuing is not Christ.
0: Yeah, it might be good to ask her. What do you? What do you? How do you think about growing old, and how do you think about? The end of your life like asking some of those questions it's uh, 90. Moses writes uh, teach us to number our days I mean we may gain a heart of wisdom I am not going to be young forever
2: well and you even have Paul grappling with some of that like do I want to die yeah I'd like to go to heaven do I want to stay alive yeah because I can still do stuff here to glorify God what's mm-hmm. the goal does she want to stay healthy so that she can continue to X, Y, and Z, or mm-hmm. does she want to stay healthy because she doesn't want to suffer? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, yeah. some of it could come from a place of, if I can't walk anymore, or if I get cancer, if I die early, then I can't fulfill these things that I'd like to do. Life's to not worth living, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah. What goals do you have in your life that are making your health front and center of your life all the time? Those are all good points. So we are out of time. Um, next week we'll move on to the next fruit, to next aspect of the fruit of the spirit. So um, we'll hope to see you then. More willing. Thank you, everybody.